it's more than just the surface stuff that makes us masculine and these other virtues like self-sufficiency courage strength there are other things and even you know we can even break down some of those and say well what else does courage look like besides being able to go to battle yeah courage looks like being able to ask for what you need courage is being able to admit that you have vulnerability and that you're scared you know and that you're able to lean into your dark side so without getting into the weeds on that i think that we it's our job to reach those people simultaneously the people who feel disenfranchised by masculinity but are more open to the personal development journey and conversation, we need to not give up on them either. My name is Johnny Elsasser, and I'm a former Special Operations U.S. Army Ranger and Tactical Commander to the U.S. Ambassador's Protective Detail. I have seen the struggle even the most hardened men have faced when they combat their inner demons, and I am here to shine a light on those struggles to show that no man is exempt from adversity and internal pain. Men from all walks of life share their stories of hardship, darkness, and perseverance so that every man knows that whatever he is going through, he is not alone. Evolution for men begins now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to today's episode. We have Frank Paul Vignola on with us today. He's a self-mastery and lifestyle coach for men. He's been in the industry for about 10 years, and he's peered into the abyss of what it is to really deeply coach men in all areas of life. We get into a lot of great conversations on this. Specifically, we start talking about why the men's coaching space is having some issues right now and what that means for you guys as men looking to improve your lives. Now, don't think that we are just sitting there hounding that part of the conversation. We have a lot going on talking about some of the struggles that we see commonly within men that we coach starting to talk about a little bit of the foundational piece that is affecting men and how they can improve their lives to ultimately come to this completion of understanding who they truly are deep down and how they can influence their lives in a way that is authentic to them. All right, everybody, I hope you enjoy this episode and I'll see you all around the corner. All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Art of Masculinity. We are jumping on with my man, Frank Paul Vignola. How you doing, brother? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here, brother. Yeah, dude. I was so when you reached out to me, your email was like so good because I I liked everything that you put in there. And I don't know if you had a team, but I I loved everything you put in there. It really appealed to me. And I was like, bro, we got to get this guy on the show. This is gonna be a lot of fun to have a conversation with him because you just like me are in this space of, you know, man, I hate to say coaching men because men get real turned off by when you say coaching, but we need it, right? We absolutely need it. And it's funny because I, it's interesting to hear you say that it's, uh, I've been in the, I've been in the coaching space for about, yeah, about a decade now. And I remember when I first got into it, you know, like just to give you an idea of how, how long ago it was, I have the domain life coaching and why. Wow. Like, yeah, like that's how, that's how long I've been in the game. And I remember when I first started talking about it, people didn't know what a life coach was. And definitely guys were kind of like resistant to it. And I felt like, and, and this is this is a reminder that what you're saying still exists because I, I and, and, it, and it's worth discussing and, and kind of, uh, and recognizing, but I feel like the pendulum might be starting to swing a little bit to the other side where it's becoming a little bit more acceptable and guys are starting to recognize that, hey, if I work with a coach, it's really no different than working with a personal trainer. 
you know, if somebody works with a personal trainer and even if they see them and the, the, your personal trainer comes to your home five days a week, do you look at that person and think, wow, you must be really fucked up, bro. <laughs> like you must really just like be so out of shape and fucked up. You probably look at them and think, you know, this dude's driven. Like he, he's after it. Yeah. Like he wants to get in shape and he's going to stop at nothing and he's investing in himself. That's the way we need to start framing like coaching is that no, you're not fucked up. No, you don't need it that badly. No, your life isn't a disaster. If you've invested in yourself and you have a coach on your side and in your corner, that's a testament of your drive, your ambition, and your seriousness about getting where you want to get and achieving your goals. I think some people are starting to get more on board with that thinking, but there's still some guys out there that, uh, that are resistant to it. Yeah. yeah. The old school thinking. It's, yeah. But it's, you put it perfectly. Cause like, you know, when you get a train, like a lot of people in their adult age, a majority of people, they get trainers, right? They're, they're either not as driven when, as they were when they're kids and, and had availability to be at high school in like a gym. And then they had friends that were going to the gym. So they went cause they were playing a sport. Right. So then they get older. They don't have that. They'll get a trainer, but we also have, you have coaches for sports your entire life. You have, doctors who are essentially coaching you on your health, or at least should be, we won't get into that conversation right now, but like should be coaching you on your health. You have even high level, like every high level CEO that I know has business coaches and life coaches and all these things. But yet the average dude, the guys that like really should be going for this because the fact that like it's just always great to get an outside perspective. It's always a great, great to get somebody outside of our experience and things like that. They're so resistant to it. And I wanted to ask you, because you have this long experience with men, you visited it in the sense of it, you were kind of the real front end of it, right? And now you've seen, you're starting to see this pendulum slowly kind of go the right direction. But what do you think is still kind of this block and hold up from you know engaging a life coach or or even just a coach in general, in even if people don't like the life coach thing, let's say like just a personal coach, right? To help you with business, to help you with life, relationships. What are you starting to see, or what do you believe is kind of still this real friction point for guys? I think it's a few different things. And if we're talking about men specifically, I'm going to acknowledge that there's going to be some societal norms that probably still govern our thinking or mm-hmm. a lot a lot of men's thinking and that's that there's if you're if you're hiring somebody to help you get better at life you know even the term life coach which you've seen Johnny we're moving more and more away from that now yeah. it's like men's coach or business coach or accountability coach which I'm glad because life coach suggests that you need to be coached on life or that you want to be coached on life which obviously right means that you're just doing terrible at life that's the story <laughs> we tell ourselves yeah so you know for a guy to, to think about that and consider that there's a certain, there's an admission that needs to happen of, I need somebody to help me get better. I need somebody to guide me. And, and that's, that's the story that they're telling themselves. And I think that that is largely linked to societal norms. Beyond that, I think there's a few other things. I think one, which is not really gender specific at all, is a fixed mindset. A fixed mindset 
is almost uncoachable, mm-hmm. you know, and, and those out there who have that all or nothing thinking or that fixed mindset, they might tell themselves, oh, coaching seems really legit, like really valid. I could see people benefiting from this. I mean, it's not for me. I don't need it. But, you know, all these other people, I could see that being really powerful. Like I've had friends, yeah. you know, friends who are close to me who see, you know, my social media and they look at my stories and all that other stuff. And little do they know a lot of the stuff that I'm posting it applies to them as well, but they, they watch it, they look at it and they, and I've even seen their responses to it be like, yeah, you know, this is really good. I can see other people doing really, really well with this, Frank, keep it up. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, but you're not implementing it. <laughs> you know, um, sometimes religion can get in the way people who are looking for a legalistic approach to life or a play by play on how to live life. They might turn to their faith and they might be like, well, this totally conflicts with my faith, you know, which it doesn't but they might tell themselves that. So there's a multitude of things, but if we're focusing on men specifically, I would say that it probably has a lot to do with the societal norms that still exist, which is that, um, you know, when we think of men and masculinity, we think of independence, self-sufficiency, responsibility. These are some of the virtues that come up and you can't possibly live in alignment with those things and have a coach, right? Wrong. But that's what we tell ourselves or that's what some men are still telling themselves. Do you think part of it too is this emasculating perception of emasculation. If I say, you know, well, Hey, I hired Frank to be my coach. Right. And I go and tell my buddy, I tell my buddy like, Hey, yeah, I got, I got this new life coach, Frank. He's an amazing dude. Like, great. Like he's, he's going to help me kind of like just stay on track, help me improve some areas of my life. Do you think there's this emasculation behind that or perception of emasculation that if I, if I say this out loud, or if I engage in hiring you all of a sudden, I think other men are going to be like, Oh, this dude's a little bitch, bro. He can't even like manage his own life. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a perception of it. And I think that part of that perception is a reality that, that you can manifest based on your delivery. So for example, if I come to you, Johnny, and I'm just like, so yeah, man, I just, I'm not getting it right. I've been procrastinating. I've been feeling really stagnant. And, uh, I decided to start working with a coach. Like I need somebody to help me get my shit in order. I'm not getting it right. And I just, uh, I've, I just, I'm embarrassed by it, but yeah, bro. I, I, yeah, I started working with a coach. You know, if I present that to my guys and my buddies that way, they might take on the, if, especially if they don't have personal experience with coaches, they might take on the mindset that I've created for them based on my mindset which is, oh, this is, I could see by his delivery, this is obviously something that we're not supposed to talk about. And then we're going to tell him it's okay because we're his brothers. But then behind his back, we're all going to be like, yo, so what do you think about Frank like doing that? Like, that's crazy. Yeah, he's obviously like, his shit must be really fucked up. Yeah, You know, that sucks. Now, versus if the story I tell myself is that I'm proud of the fact that I have a coach and I can't wait for what's to come. I'm so fucking excited about my goals, about my objectives and how I'm going to get there quicker. I'm going to be catapulted forward because now I'm working with somebody in my corner and I go up to to you or to my buddies and I'm just like, bro, yo, I'm feeling so good. And you're like, what's going on? What's up, Frank? Why are you feeling so good? Dude, I just fucking hired a coach. We're going to be working three times a week. We're going to be doing like voice notes back and forth. Plus we have a Zoom call every week. We're going to spend some in-person time together. And he's going to be helping me achieve my weight goal that I wanted. He's also going to help me like with business consulting. And then on top of that, he does a lot of mindset work. And I'm super fucking excited about that. I told my wife about it, my girlfriend, like I'm so fucking stoked, dude. 
dude. Like, I just, I, I can't wait for these next six months of my life. I'm so invested and I just, yo, I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm all in. And I'm really, really excited. This dude is so cool. Now my friends are going to be like, wow, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Really? Like send me his website. Like I, I, I've never worked with a coach before. What's it like? They're going to start asking questions. They're going to be curious. And I've tried this out. I've tested this. I, I have clients that I work with. I have, a, I have a couple character assessments that I do with my guys. And one of them requires them to reach out to other people. And I give them the option to reach out saying, I'm working with a coach right now, and this is one of the exercises that I'm working on, or to tell a little fib and say, I'm reading this book on personal development. Yeah. And one of the exercises in the book is blah, 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 dot, dot, dot. And one of my guys, and this is a younger guy too, where arguably the younger generation might be more inclined to be less sensitive to their buddies and, and kind of like, you know, get on them about something like this. And he expressed to me, he's about 23, I'm really, you know, conflicted about this because I'm afraid that my friends are going to think it's corny. And I said, well, I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you to not tell them you got this from a book. I'm going to challenge you to tell them that you got this from a coach, that you're working with a coach. Talk about the work that we've been doing for the last couple of years. Talk about what you gained from it, what you, how you grew. And I want you to present it with confidence and see if anybody responds in a way that is condescending or teasing. He came back to me a couple of weeks later and he told me, I actually got a client from him. Mm, that's funny. <laughs> One of his friends reached out to me and I got a client from him. So I think that it really, really comes down to the story that we're telling ourselves. It's perception. Yeah. And based on the story we tell ourselves, other people are going to respond to that. This is how we perpetuate this idea that coaching yeah. is a bad thing. We can be just as effective in perpetuating the idea that coaching is something that only badasses, high-performing people who really give a fuck about their life do. And then suddenly it's like, oh, for real? Yo, I want to save up to work with a coach. Yeah, You know, so we're... It's it's perception and it's story. Yeah, that's it, it's such a good point too because I, I as well had a client and we did kind of an inversion of that that kind of assessment and project where he didn't tell anybody what he was doing, but I had him paying attention to the way they reacted to his changes when he would socially hang out with them, and he would get all of these compliments. He'd come back to a call and be like, "Johnny, I, I got this compliment." Like people are like, "Bro, you like you look." great like you you look happier your your energy feels great like what are you doing and they were asking him this stuff yeah. and so we kind of did that experiment because we wanted to see like hey if you did this and say you had that resistant right the resistance just see the effect you have on people after doing this kind of work of improving your mindset your beliefs in yourself how you how you see everybody how you see the world so anyways it was a, it was a similar aspect but we saw the changes and it was the same it was it was the change from getting coached, right? And he was seeing without having to tell anybody. That was the beautiful thing. He was seeing the impact he was having on his ecosystem without even telling yeah. them, right? And so it was like, cool. If it shows you that much impact without having to tell them, think about what would happen if you did tell them what was going on and how you right. got this effect that they were feeling, right? So that's really cool. Yeah, man. I love that. That's brilliant because that's the, um, they get to see the results first. Correct. Yeah. They get to see the results first and then they become, you know, envious or curious or, or admiring of, of these results that they're seeing. And I'll go one step further. And you might've even alluded to this, that once we are guys that we coach, because you and I are very, very big on leadership. 
and masculinity. And I think that there's some overlap there, but, uh, I think a lot of the guys that we coach probably in some way or another, uh, whether they're conscious of it or not, end up becoming exemplars for their friendship circle. Yeah. And then if the people in their circle start actually looking up to them, yes, there's going to be a natural curiosity, right? They're going to be like, so, all right, what's your secret, bro? You know, what book, what podcast are you listening yeah. to? What, what, you know, talk to me, tell me what you're doing. What supplement are you taking? You know, cause I want to double, you know, and then you, <laughs> that's, that's the opportunity. You know, if you didn't want to say it sooner, that's the opportunity to say, honestly, I decided to work with a coach yeah. and I invested in myself and it turned my life around. That's how we create this kind of positive association. And I think that I, I personally, in the last decade, have absolutely seen an arc. It's not perfect. It's not where we need it to be. But Correct. I've absolutely seen an arc of where it used to be and the, uh, the stigma of working with a, any type of mental health or, or um, not, I'm not even going to call it mental health, helping professional. Yeah, yeah. Any type of helping professional to where it is now. Yeah. And just the popularity of some of these helping professionals and their pages on social media. You got everybody from the boomers to the Z, to the Gen Zs following even, you know, therapists, yeah. coaches and mentors and, and how they're helping professionals. And I'm seeing that and it's really making me happy because I'm like, great. The stigma's starting to go away. You're right though. It's not perfect. Yeah. It, I don't know if it ever will be. That's, that's an interesting question. Can we, can we, um, bring, traditional masculinity back and simultaneously remove the stigma of having somebody else guide you. Well, can we do both? Well, can both exist? In my head, yes. Yeah. But but realistically speaking, can both simultaneously exist? Well, I think for I think for the men's for the men's movement to not fail like it did in the 80s and 90s, we have to do that. Because we were all, you know, our age groups all brought up on a certain way of being a man, right? And you have this grittiness, you have this perseverance, you have this mental toughness, but then you also lack this introspection and evaluation and kind of outward or, or holistic perception because you get very myopic. At some point, a man is only this way. So, so like that's the failure I see in the generations before us that we need to bring along. And that's what I meant by the average man being like the, the, the 90% of American men. Like we got to get them on board or we're going to just be like the failed attempt at this in the eighties and nineties. But my question for you was like, because you're, you've been in for quite a while and you've seen, you know, exactly where the men are coming from, from our generation and a little before us, right? You know, exactly. But we've, we've also started to see the pendulum swing in what masculinity is being kind of groomed to be, at least in Western culture by the media and stuff. And so my question is, Okay, how do we cuz cuz now they have almost a different issue, right? Like they I think they're more open to getting a coach, but they don't know how to do some of the things we grew up doing as men, right? right. So like right. how can we become a conduit for both sides of masculinity or or what's your perception on this? Let's start there. What's your perception on this kind of swing in the masculinity it's space? It's very 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 much in line with your thinking, brother. And it's really refreshing and kind of exciting and inspiring to, to be sitting across from you virtually, but, uh, but sitting across from you and being like, wow, somebody else who sees both sides. There is a, almost a dichotomy or a, this perceived conflict between the coaching mentality or the personal development journey and the masculine journey. And there doesn't have to be. In fact, to your point, 
there should not be. I don't like to should, yeah. but there should not be. Yeah. And uh, I think that our job, yours and mine, and anybody else out there who considers themselves a coach for men and who values masculinity or is considers themselves a part of the masculine space or masculinist group, that our job as leaders is to be able to reach the people who don't agree with us and to not give up on them and to not shame them, to first make sure that they feel heard and understood for their position. So the guys who are what we were first talking about, like the real, you know, kind of old school, traditional guys, guys that would never in a million years work with a therapist or, right. or any type of helping professional, we need to hear them first and we need to not reject them or write them off. We need to hear them. We need to listen to them. We need to, and we need to do our work to reach them and to get them on board with recognizing that it's more than just the surface stuff that makes us masculine and these other virtues like self-sufficiency, courage, strength. There are other things. And even, you know, we can even break down some of those and say, well, what else does courage look like besides being able to go to battle? Yeah. Courage looks like being able to ask for what you need. Courage is being able to admit that yes. you have vulnerability and that you're scared, yeah. you know, and that you're able to lean into your dark side. So without getting into the weeds on that, I think that we, it's our job to reach those people simultaneously, the people who feel disenfranchised by masculinity, but are more open to the personal development journey and conversation, we need to not give up on them either. And I want to make that really clear to my peers out there who think that I'm not cool enough to sit at their table as a masculinist simply because I don't reject those guys. Yeah. I don't shame them. In fact, I invite them to my page and I want them to stay because they're the ones that I need to reach. Yep. That's my job. If my job was simply to have people follow me who already think like me, what the fuck kind of job is that? Bro. I mean, seriously, that's not very difficult. So you, what am I going to stand here all grandiose and be admired by you? Yeah. I don't, I don't, that, that doesn't make me feel purposeful. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's just feeding my fucking ego. Our job is to reach the people who don't think like us yet. And I see the dichotomy between both ends of the spectrum. We have, we have two different directions that we need to do that in and hopefully be able to unify them because there's a lot of divide. So I don't know if I got too into the weeds on that. Um, no, I or, love it, dude. You are one okay. of the, you're actually... I love you even more after that part of the conversation cuz like honestly this is this is one of the things that I have been trying to promote and I've seen very few men in the men's space and not knocking any of the men coaches I am so grateful all of them are out there because if they're resonating with a group of men and they're able to help them along the way dude more power to you but I also see a lot of those coaches taking low hanging fruit right if you and I were to go out and be like hey you know protect you got to learn how to protect yeah. and be that protector. And then you got to learn how to provide and you got to be the provider. If we right. get into the old, <laughs> the old paradigms of right. like the ancestral ways of being masculine, yes. right? And you completely shut off the evolution of masculinity and shut off the next generations of this. Yes. I'm going to get a bunch of followers that are exactly just like me. And sure, I can make money yeah. off that, but that's not right. what I'm out here to do. That if we, like you said, if we were out here to do that, like, are we just inflating our ego at that point? Are we just, you know, yeah. you know, are we just, well, we're building, we're building a cult is what we're doing rather than, <laughs> yeah, rather than creating an evolution um, and rather than actually helping people grow and, and evolve, we're, we're, we're building a cult right. and it's very much us versus them. Yeah. And we're throwing stones at the other side together. 
I appreciate and admire your diplomacy in being able to still see the good in what some of those guys are doing. I'm going to be a little bit um, <laughs> less generous. And I'm going to say that I, I have a hard time celebrating them yeah. um, because they are perpetuating a divide. And um, that's very antithetical to the work that I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's creating more problems, you know, and, but it's okay with it because they don't really like me either. You know, like I said, I'm not cool enough to sit at their table because they think I'm pandering to one side or the other. Oh, and yeah. I just, I don't pander. Yeah. yeah. I don't pander. I stay, you know, I, I stay in line with what my virtues are and I'm willing to, don't get me wrong. I, I got into some fights on my page and I'll push back, <laughs> you know, every once in a while I'm human, yeah. you know, but my goal is to never shame somebody because they don't think like me or to dismiss them, yeah. but to instead try and educate them. And in order to penetrate, we, I have to hear them first. Correct. They need to feel seen and heard and understood. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So that, and that's, that, that requires a part of uh, a quality that is not typically associated with masculinity, which is what? Compassion, Correct. empathy, humility, right? Yeah. I think one of the big things, and obviously you and I can get into this a little bit too, but I think one of the big things I have seen is that those kinds of men coach men's coaches have done almost zero education on masculinity in and of itself. They're just like, I'm a man, I've experienced it, I've done some things in life and persevered, I can coach, right? I'll give the, I'll <laughs> right, give the philosophy yeah. of the ancestors, I'll give the philosophy that my religion gave me and I'm gonna base my coaching program or my group around this. And you see a lot of them do that, right? That's why I call it like low-hanging yeah. fruit. They're already like-minded men and they may or may not right. be progressing them, but they could be, you know, perpetrating old values that definitely are not serving the evolution of masculine. But you see that like happening and counter to that, we have to be able to open up that door and say like, hey, man, why do you believe this? Or like, hey, let's actually talk about this. But you can't have that conversation unless you've had the education around it. Like, that's what I have found yeah. out. And, and I'd love to dive into it a little bit with you is that like a lot of these guys that are there in the men's coaching space have not done like the sociological research. One of the only men I've actually had a conversation around that has read some of the deep older books like I have because you know sociology around masculinity are, is, is has only been around since about the 1970s really is Jack Donovan. Jack Donovan's done a lot of the research and read the books from feminist writers and read the books from yep. you know uh, transgender women who were actually some was one of the preeminent sociologists behind uh, studying masculinity. Anyways, he's read these things, but all the other guys that I talked to have not. And then all they want to go off of is you know at the deepest point is Carl Jung, right? Which okay, cool, I get yep. it, and I love Carl Jung. He's got some great work because he kind of expanded on Freud's stuff. But there's more work out there psych psychologically and sociologically that you need to kind of, you know, combine. And so I find that most of these men in a long story here is that they can't get into the conversation you may be able to have because they don't actually have the education behind it. They have a specific myopic view and that's all they can push, but they don't have the flexibility to be like, hey, Frank, all right, cool. Like, I hear what you're saying. Well, why do you believe this? Or, hey, Frank, I hear that. Let me share a little bit of background on masculinity, kind of where it came from and where it's progressed from and why potentially we think this way collectively as men, right? Like they can't have those conversations. It's just not available yeah. to them. Well, I hear what you're saying. And um, I want to just put this out there. A lot of the books that you just described, I, I have not read. I've done some of my research and uh, definitely read some Freud and, and whatnot. And I, you know, I read Jack's book, um, 
well, he has several, but The Way of Men was yeah. was definitely an inspiration for me to write my book. But uh, I will say this. I don't think that you're wrong by any means. I think that that one of the ways there is through educating ourselves. But I also just want to put this out there, that even simply stepping into a growth mindset where we are willing to challenge our own beliefs and we're willing to unpack and break down and really dissect our thinking and our belief systems and everything that we've been taught and being willing to even hear and listen to and take in and feed ourselves information from a point of view that might not be aligned with ours is also a way yeah. to start thinking the way you and I are talking about thinking. And the only reason I'm saying that, and it's not to contradict what you said, because I think that there's a lot of value in doing our yeah. homework and, and being well-researched and educated, but I also want to put this idea out there to guys who are listening and thinking, fuck, I have a lot of work to do. Yeah. That it's, it's more accessible than that. You know, yes, we can do our homework and we can be diligent about taking in information and educating ourselves for sure. But even simply just taking on a growth mindset where you are willing to question and challenge your own beliefs and stop drinking the Kool-Aid for a moment and drink the Kool-Aid from the other side and then, and, and with an objective point of view, yeah. you know, and uh, without judgment that that is, that's a way there. Education is, is absolutely important, but I, I'm sure that you could rattle off a list of books that I'd be like, oh, you know, I. I haven't read those books, but you and I could probably still vibe, oh, yeah. you know, and yeah, yeah. jam together on a lot of these topics. So it's not the only way there. But yes, I think that some combination of educating ourselves and taking on a little bit more of a growth mindset and being able to detach ourselves a little bit from from whatever belief system that has been instilled in us that we've kind of grasped onto which is a challenge in and of itself yeah. is is part of the journey to to becoming a little bit more um I don't even know what you want to call it balanced between perspectives seeing both sides Yes, I agree. And let me, I, I may have failed to kind of like uh, expand on this. So I apologize if I did. But what, what I, I didn't mean every guy needs to go do the research. Like, in all honesty, I would never <laughs> ask the men to do that. But I think as like coaches, especially the majority of them out there, they should be doing the, the research just to know it, to have these conversations, to enlighten them on certain things. Right. And it's not saying that. And I, I know you have done some of the research. We may not not read the old books, sure. all the same books, but I know you've done some of the research where I find some of these guys and they're very well respected in the industry, haven't even done the research. They don't even, they haven't even read the Freud books or the Carl Jung books, which is like kind of right. 101 if you want to start really helping people there, right? And so it's just for me, it's not asking the men to do it, but as coaches, I want to know those things so I can help understand like where, it can help me to understand where they're from help me to convey this kind of picture that I have of bringing them to a different, more open perception and kind of breaking them out of myopathy. And so that's where I get, I get into that conversation. But I love what you said because the fact that like they don't need to have that and you being able to open them up to this growth mindset and just not see this myopic view of life is yeah. by far one of the best things any man can ever have in his life because that will break him out of just seeing things the way he's experienced them. Amen, brother. Yeah. I love this. So I want to dive into um, also your book a little bit real quick because I just want to I, I want to talk about that and so obviously so many other things. But you have your book, which was Crafting Masculinity and its Qualities Men Want, right? Yeah. 
qualities, qualities uh, men want and how to get them. Yeah. yeah. And and I love this. Uh, first off, I love the color. It fucking hits me right in the face. It's also a very approachable, <laughs> approachable cover for men. Um, so great job on that, by the way. But the thanks, brother. I, I love that you through masculinity in the title because it's it's a term where guys get uh oh man how do i put this guys get a little it rubs them a little bit cuz your question like the, i i feel as at least my perception of talking with guys is it it causes them to be like oh this this dude's trying to tell me i'm not a man right like or some guys get confused on the term masculinity because it's been so popularized in in media that they're like Oh, what's this dude talking about? Transgenders? Like, and you're like, okay, all right, bro. Okay. Right. But um, I love that. So talk a little bit on, on first off, I wanna I wanna hear how you selected that uh title, especially using the term masculinity. And then let's dive a little bit into some of the key features there that we can just hand guys in a quick, you know, little episode here. Yeah. So starting with the title. It is the exact reason why my book didn't get picked up. <laughs> I uh, which I'm fine with. You know, but it, it's it, because, yeah, some people, they were just like, yeah, a guy's not going to read this on the subway. And I'm like, all right, whatever. You know, it's staying. The, the, the name is staying. And I'm like, I'll, I'll publish it myself. It was important to me to have masculinity in the title because this book, in a lot of ways, is kind of autobiographical. There are elements of it that are. And the, the guy that I'm speaking to, and I think any guy can, um, you know, read this book and, and find, you know, some, some valuable things in it that, that he can apply to himself, even some, even women could, but there is a specific guy that I wrote this for. I'll selfishly say that I wrote this for the younger version of me that needed it at the time. So the word masculinity needed to be in it. It was just, it was finding, it was finding the verb to go before it that yeah. fit perfectly. And I was like, all right, what are we going to call this? And it's really cool because that you're, you know, I love the title of your, uh, your podcast, the art of masculinity, because I feel like crafting, I needed it to be something that was more artistic than a word like cultivating or developing yeah. because crafting suggests that there's an artistry in it, yeah. that there's a creative process. So that's how I landed on the title, which is, is pretty literal. And then, uh, you know, the book itself, it really is unlike a lot of probably the books out there. There, there is research in in my book. Don't get me wrong, and I and it is rooted in in a knowledge and understanding of where masculinity came from and and the the timeline of masculinity. But that said, a lot of my book, and I say this right in the introduction, is rooted in my personal experience with masculinity and also my professional experience coaching men for a decade and looking and seeing the parallels in the qualities they admired most in other men and wanted for themselves. So my the title masculinity, when I say crafting masculinity and people think, well, that's ballsy, who the fuck are you? And what kind of authority do you have to teach somebody how to be masculine? Part of that is my definition of masculinity for the purpose of my book is simply qualities like the, 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 the subtitle really is my definition of masculinity for the purpose of this book, which is qualities men want. I didn't write a book that was meant to be in the philosophy section and yeah. I'm not knocking books that are, yeah. I wrote a book that is a handbook for guys today that have come to me and say, and said, I want to work on developing my voice. I want to work on, you know, some of the external stuff like my voice, my my physical uh presence, 
my strength, but I also want to do some of the internal stuff and, uh, you know, like around courage, but not courage in the sense of, you know, how to fight the beast and bring home food to my family. Cause that's not happening for me today. Yeah. Um, what's happening for me today is in the workplace, I need to learn how to assert myself. I need to learn how to set boundaries and say no. You know, so those are the things that are in this book. This book is for a guy who, these are the, the what I've seen from the guys who have come to me and from my personal experience combined with some of the research that I've done, the qualities that are most admired in men today by men and that they want for themselves, and my journey on how I got them, and how I've taught other men to get them. And I certainly don't feel like I've perfected all of them. I'm still working on so much of the stuff that's in my book. But that's essentially the, the purpose of my book. It's like a how-to guide. Yeah, I love that. It's because you're giving an introduction to this development and evolution of men, right? Like it's, And that's where I think the, the power is, and, and kind of maybe succinctly the underlying theme you and I have been talking about for the last, you know, 30 minutes has been, Hey, like there, there is this power of opening the door to development to then allow you to take more steps deeper into it. And that's, what's what I love about your book. That's why I love the the title as well. And it is like, it, it, it is such a, we have the ability, it's malleable. We have the ability to shift and change it, not only with how we're evolving in life as human beings, but also with how sociologically we're, we're evolving in life as a group, right? It's, it has to, I mean, right. God, man, like the things you could have said 20 years ago, you can't say those things today. And it's not that you can't say them because someone will, will blast you in the media, right? It's like, who gives a fuck about that? I don't really care yeah, what people say right. about me. But the the big thing oh. is you can't we like say again? them because the fact that you can actually get like lawsuits put on you or you can get like, you know, you can actually get like real things that could damage you financially on you because of how society has evolved. And those are the things that like, you know, we have to really understand to evolve as men to be to continue to hold society up and to continue to also hold society accountable because when men falter we see society crumble and we see a lot of detrimental effects. Chaos, chaos happens, right? Like strong men are what yeah. keeps society kind of balanced. And I want to dive into that too to, with you because I think this is a great topic and what we're seeing today with so much chaos around the world. And it's like, do you believe, I have my beliefs, but I would love to hear your belief. Do you believe that we're losing this strong man figure within society globally? which is why we're starting to see a lot of chaos or do you think it's a do you think we're starting to overbear with kind of maybe old mentalities of strong men that's causing a lot of the dysfunction what's your what's your take on this probably a little bit of both i think that the overbear which might have happened at some point on the timeline has created pushback which has created conflict and divide but i think also the pushback created the idea that it was wrong or bad or shameful to and unevolved to be the stereotypical uh, strong man. And that also has contributed to it because now we're, we're missing that and we're lacking those qualities and those virtues in society. So I really do think it's a bit of both. What I'm happy to see happening, and I don't know if it's simply because I've become 
I've been seeking out guys like you as I dive farther and farther into my personal journey, you know, uh, and and this uh, this goal of mine and this objective to get this message out there and to and to be a leader of men in in, in some way that I've been able to reach guys like you who are in alignment with my thinking, or if it's also because there are more guys like us happening now, because one, it's needed, but also it's being more acceptable to talk about it. It feels to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, or if you disagree, it feels to me like the pendulum started on, on one end, and then it swung really, really far to the other end, too far. And it feels like it's slowly, slowly, finally starting to make its way back to the middle. That's where I feel like we're at right now. I feel like a year ago, even as recently as a year ago, it was harder to talk about masculinity than it is right now. I feel like the pendulum is just finally starting to swing back to the center. What do you think? I mean, yeah, I think there's a case to be made for that. I'm I'm seeing that there's um, still a lot of, oh, it's, it's kind of hard because you have the 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 paradigm shift to the complete opposite side has created it's it's more generational gap than anything, right? So now we're having to like we were talking about a little earlier, we're having to instead of having to convince one side because it was a majority of men, we're now having to convince two sides to bring the pendulum back to the middle. And I feel like that is where even as men's coaches, while yes, it's it's I think it's a little easier for us to be open about like, hey, you know, I talk about masculinity, I'm a men's coach, all these things. It's easier for us to come out and say these things and it for it to be socially accepted. The the fight is really now we're having to bridge two different gaps of masculinity because we're seeing like two severely different influences of men generationally within society. And so that's causing us to play almost this conduit that has to be well-versed in both sides and really bring this stuff together to keep the pendulum coming back to center because the 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 problem I see is like the overbearing masculinity, I think, causes a lot of problems when it's not in the mindset of personal development and introspection. And then the other side of it is like when you go so far the other way is they lack the, the qualities of strong men. So you, ha- it, you have to give them those, but they have the ability of introspection, right? And so the balance seems to be kind of, kind of dysfunctional there, but I, I would say that I agree to an extent that it is coming back, but it also is making us as coaches really stretch ourselves to be more well-versed for both sides so we can bring them to that central right. place, right? Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense because I think we have to adjust based on where the, the pendulum is. For sure. And I think that's where, where, it, where it is right now requires us to, this is a very difficult task and it requires us to, to do exactly what you talked about. What I'm wondering is, and I don't, neither one of us could really answer this, <laughs> um, is are we going to be able to change the trajectory or is this a part of nature and the pendulum is ultimately just going to keep swinging? Yeah. That it's going to eventually make its way back to where it was in the nineteen in the nineteen fifties, right? <laughs> and then just keep going. You know, it's a possibility. You know, um, I don't know, and I think whatever happens is going to be past our time. That we wouldn't be we wouldn't be alive to see that, but yeah. um, we might be alive to to see ourselves to see what could look like a change in the trajectory. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if, if you know, right now the pendulum is just going uh, up and down, up and down, yeah. up and down, back and forth in one direction. If we could take it off its track and move it in another direction, then that would be 
progress. Well, I, I would take I would take everybody listening right now and you and I back to what you said earlier, which was, hey, if we can influence this mentality and positive mentality of saying like, hey, explore different ways of thinking, Ex- explore uh, opening and expanding your growth mindset, right? Like explore these things. I'll take us back to that moment in the episode because if you, if anybody's read, uh, I think it's da- David Hawkins and his book's called Mapping of Consciousness, uh, Mapping of the Consciousness. It's a really amazing book, but his whole thing is essentially with kinesiology, they've been able to create certain levels of assessing consciousness for an action or words or beliefs and everything above what he's rated as 200. 200 is the the consciousness level of courage. Below that is like fear, anxiety, sadness. Actually, anger is right below it, to be honest, and which is a good thing. Interesting. Anger is right below yeah. it, but it's a good thing. But anyways, if we go in this, I'm not going to go super in depth, uh, but if, if we go into that and we say, okay, us, like you and I, and some of these other men, men coaches doing really good work, like if we're at consciousness level that's raised above 200, David Hawkins' book talks about how we have the power above 200 level of consciousness. For every one of us, we can influence 90,000 people underneath that fall underneath 200. So again, this is all he he proved this scientifically, and I challenge everybody to read this book because it blew my mind. But he did this scientifically over years with I think even millions of people across the world testing the same exact things. And he said that everybody that's over 200 level of consciousness has the power to influence 90,000 people. If you're over 300 level of conf- consciousness, you can influence like 150,000 people. And this is with energetics, right? So he's talking about how your, right. your energy, everything else, your consciousness, everything emanating from you can influence that amount of people that fall under 200, right? And so that I say, when we go back to what you said earlier, I think you were on the right track, almost saying the same thing. But I think you and I and other men in the space that are doing it in a great, positive, influential way will be able to... Ex- I don't know that we'll see the, the clear trajectory of it in our lifetimes, but at least we'll be yeah. on that path of influencing that change and evolution of men further after our lifetimes. Further after our lives. But I think, yeah, what you're saying makes a lot of sense. And I think that we're we're starting that journey or, you know, maybe we're not starting it. There are ones before us who have inspired it, but we're, you know, we're, uh, we're taking that knowledge and we're creating our own path and our own Avenue. And, uh, one of the things that I said in my book is, uh, I'm not looking to change the world. I'm just looking to, uh, make one guy out there not have to struggle with feelings of inadequacy about his masculinity and change one guy's life. But that said, I encourage anybody who reads the book to become an exemplar for the guys around them rather than to meet them with shame or judgment because they've evolved past them perhaps in some ways that instead to be the exemplar and to be the leader. I will check out the book that you just mentioned, but I think that that's probably how it happens is that if we impact one person that there's an energy shift in them and then they impact whomever they impact and then there's an energy shift and then so on and so forth. And uh, yeah, I guess um, what I'm curious about, and I don't want to get too into the weeds on it, but I'll, I'll check it out in the book is how your level of free, your frequency level or whatever it was that he said in terms of the, uh, the metrics and the scoring, how that number and why, as it increases the energy vibration 
makes you able to reach more people or to impact more people versus the other way around, which actually is, it creates a lot of hope uh, yeah. also, because I would have thought that we it could work in, in, in both ways, that, uh, that the negative impact can also create just as much influence as the positive emotion or the higher vib- uh, vibration frequency impact would be. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll give a loose, I'll give a loose explanation here. But in the book, he explains all this stuff, and he also explains how to even calibrate things, right? Like you could be like, okay, this coffee mug is this coffee mug. You can calibrate things, you can calibrate music, and it's all through a whole thing where you can push down on your arm and kinesthetically, like you actually can gauge, okay, when I go weak and when I go strong, and you give it a calibration level, and that's how you do these readings, right? So he goes, he goes in depth on how to do that. But I would say okay. from after reading the book, the reason why is because once you're above 200, once you've experienced that consciousness level, there's no way that you can get brought back down and then stay below 200, right? Because you've already experienced the, the ascendance to above courage. And courage is the thing where that's why, aggre- or, uh, why he says anger is actually good because you're on the precipice of courage because anger says... You know, when I get angry, say for instance, I'm I'm a guy and I'm angry about my financial state because my friend Frank makes a lot of money and I love the life that he has and I get pissed off, right? I'm like, well, shit, fuck this. Like, I'm tired of making this money. I need to do something else. Well, now anger just gave me courage to go explore something different. And now I just raised, I ascended in the consciousness level. And now I took action on, you know, maybe making my own mug company, right? And now I started making more money. But then I start to feel better about myself and I start to improve and my consciousness starts to get raised. And then the same thing goes underneath 200, your point is pretty, is pretty on point. Whereas like, for instance, he talks about how Hitler was actually above 400 in his natural, in his uh, initial level of message. And then at some point, and he goes into where it was, but at some point he basically dove down to like 40, right? And then it became super toxic and negative, but he was influencing a massive amount of people because they were all resonating below 200. And so he's actually done the conscious level. I mean, he passed away in like 2017. So at up until that point, he had calibrated the consciousness level of like the earth, right? And it was like below 200. I think at that point in 2017, we were like 170 is what he said. But anyways, it's very fascinating to explore in how this conversation takes place. And when he references certain figures in the past, like for instance, Gandhi and Mother Teresa were up at like 700. They were way up in a very spiritual realm in which they could influence massive numbers of people just through their energy, which they did. And it was simply through their acts and their level of consciousness behind their acts. It's a fascinating, fascinating book, dude. It's so cool. I think you're going to really love it. And I think anybody listening, you yeah, guys are really I think love it. I am too. I'm lighting up as you're talking about it. I think it's going to be my next up after, uh, after the one that I'm cu- uh, currently listening to. And if it's, uh, if it's as good as what you're saying, it's going to be one that I recommend to, uh, to clients because I think that it's, it sounds like something that could be really good for coaches or anybody that's in yes. a leadership position. But it also sounds like it could be really empowering for anyone not just coaches and leaders, but just empowering to know that, that once we, like you said, once you hit, once you go above courage, you're not dropping back down, that it's, that it's an upward, you know, uh, trajectory. Cool. I love it. And I, I I was sitting there listening to you and thinking how excited I was about checking this book out and also simultaneously (laughs) 
Dude, our nerd sides are so coming out right oh, now. Oh, dude, I love yeah, it, I man. totally see your, your inner nerd. Yeah, I'm just like, I'm like, yeah, I'm like he could totally nerd out over some, uh, some, uh, some stuff like this with me. Uh, I could get really in in deep on on some of this kind of like just like the energy stuff and uh, and just the psychology of how we work and brain stuff. And I yeah. know that uh, some some of our peers and some coaches out there, you might lose them at a certain point where yeah. it's just like, all right, bro, you're getting too deep on that. And I'm just like, no, let's go deeper. Yeah, let's talk about it. You know, I get into like hypnosis and like visualizations and, and all this other stuff with my guys. And sometimes yeah. even my guys will every once in a while be like, all right, Frank, that's a little bit too uh, woo -woo <laughs> for me. It's a little too hokey. And I'm just like, keep an open mind. Yeah. I'm like, this is going to be a game changer for you. Let's go for the ride. That's where I pull from some of my acting background and I use some of this kind of like energetic work and um, I get in the weeds on it and I get and I totally nerd out on this stuff. So I'm not going to. But but yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm vibing with you and I, I definitely will check out the book. <laughs> yeah, I love it, bro. Oh, my God, dude, we could talk forever. We may have to do a part two uh, because this has just been such a fun time with you brother and um such a great no way. conversation it's been an hour already That's so crazy. much to enlighten men out there everywhere and also women who take a take a listen i think a lot of women will learn a lot behind you know men and their mindsets and masculinity even just from this episode so i really appreciate you diving in with me today brother um let's tell everybody what you got going on right now where they can become part of your ecosystem and where they can find your book and everything else yeah sure so the book crafting masculinity you can find that right on amazon as for my coaching, you could just go to my website, which is either frankpaulvignola.com, or if you don't want to try spelling that out, just go to masteredman.com. That's M-A-S-T-E-R-E-D-M-A-N.com. And you can also just look me up on Instagram and you could follow me there. Awesome. And, and to everybody listening, as always, make sure to check out the show notes. We will post all of this in there so you can get a hold of whatever Frank has going on, get part of his ecosystem. Obviously, he is a, a well-versed man, and I definitely couldn't promote another, a better dude out there because there, there's a lot of things I don't like in the world of, of the men's development space. And, and it seems like you're on a path of really truly helping every guy out there that you can come in touch with and is allowing to be open enough to allow coaching and exploration of what a, that looks like. So I appreciate your your message. I appreciate your views. And uh, one last thing before we hop off, brother, is my final question for you. And you kind of alluded to some of this earlier. And I was like, okay, don't go in depth yet. What does the art of masculinity mean to you? So yeah, and having listened to your, uh, your podcast uh, many times, I really chewed on this and thought about it, and uh, what I what I determined, what I just what I landed on was the art of masculinity. To me, is loving, crafting, and embracing the aspects of ourselves that we as individuals associate with being male, and that means loving and celebrating, and even sometimes in a gratuitous way and showcasing the parts of ourselves that we absolutely love and that we're excited about, crafting and honing and kind of cultivating and developing the parts of ourselves that we want to grow, and simultaneously embracing and even kind of peering deep into the abyss of the parts of ourselves that maybe are ugly or dark or that we're afraid of. I think it's all of those things. It's, that it's, it's the entire spectrum of those things. And I think most importantly, it's being able to see the humanity, the beauty, and the art in that process. 
Mm, I love that, dude. That is eloquently put, and I can tell like you have a lot of experience and put a lot of forth. I did my work, brother. I, I, I was, I was, I was, I was gonna come in prepared. I was like, I, he asked this question to everybody. There's yeah. no way I'm gonna fucking drop the ball on that one. Um, I love that, yeah, brother. I just, I still appreciate you, man. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you, and to everybody listening, please go check out Frank. Go check out everything that he's got going on. And always remember that the world deserves a better caliber of man, and it's our obligation to give it to him. All right, guys. 